Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 2nd, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperike. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Coming to you today on a Friday, uh, the day after the NBA Finals Game 1. I'll do a quick recap of that game since it is the talk of the NBA and, and figuring out who the NBA champion is is uh, kind of a big deal, I guess. Uh, so we'll we'll talk a little bit about that uh, to start off the show, and then I'm going to get into something that that you know we've I've hinted at and probably discussed in one way or another, uh, but kind of reset some things as we prepare for the draft. Talk a little bit about the draft and what the Magic are probably looking for in the draft, but also talk a little bit about where the Magic are today and how they ended the season. What what was real? What was fake? What what we can learn from the way the Magic played in the final 20 or so games of the season after the All Star break. But let's start with the NBA Finals. Of course, it is the big story in the NBA because uh, there's really nothing else going on of substance. Uh, game one of the NBA Finals finally took place on Thursday night, and it was a blowout. That's been the theme of this playoffs. But I will say this. it I found it to still be a very entertaining game. I still found it to be uh, an engaging game, especially the first half was exactly what this playoffs needed. The intensity in that first half was up, you know, another notch, another couple notches from where they were in the in the rest of the playoffs. And, and I think that bodes well for what's to come in this series. Golden State took it to Cleveland, no doubt about it. But there's a little rust they needed to knock off, as there was with Cleveland. Cleveland just never got away from the turnovers that characterized their play. And when you turn the ball over against Golden State, that leads to runouts, that leads to fast breaks, and that leads to easy buckets for the Warriors. You cannot make those kinds of mistakes against Golden State. Golden State also did a really good job attacking the offensive glass, which is a little bit uncharacteristic for them. Uh, And so it was just an off game for Cleveland. I think that's the best way to describe it. 113-91 to the final. Kevin Durant, absolutely amazing. He had, I think it was what? 38 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. Stephen Curry was right there with him with a stellar third quarter uh, that uh, enabled Golden State to pull away. It was an 8-point game at the half. Felt like it should have been more. Cleveland was hanging around, but then Golden State hit him with that, with the kind of, with that run. I mean, we all know when you play the Golden State Warriors, you are just a few moments away from that killer run. That run that just absolutely destroys, destroys you. Uh, and every team is susceptible to that run because Golden State is that good. Cleveland can be that good too. They're going to recover, I think, and I think they're going to they're going to figure some things out, uh, or, or, or not even really figure some things out. I think that they'll clean up their play. I mean, there was a lot of rust in this game. It's not an excuse. Cleveland still lost the game. Golden State had the same amount of rust, and they knocked it off and, and won the game. But Cleveland knows they've got to play a lot better. These are two teams that if you do not play perfect, if you do not play really well, 
they're going to exploit that weakness. And I think we saw that a little bit early in the game when Cleveland had Cleveland was was keeping pace with Golden State and was really in control of the game. Uh, but certainly Cleveland's mistakes compounded and eventually uh, overtook them and became too much to handle. Uh, you know, the fourth quarter was pro forma. Uh, you know, we we're kind of I, I kind of joked that you know it would take uh, LeBron going into God mode. It didn't happen. LeBron just didn't get there. Uh, certainly Cleveland has a lot of matchups they've got to be worried about. Uh, I thought Golden State did a very good job uh, mixing up the the type of matchups that they sent at LeBron James. Durant, in addition to playing an incredible offensive game, I thought had a very good defensive game when he was matched up with Durant, with uh, with LeBron, as well as with Kevin Love. Um, I thought Draymond Green did a really good job, although Cleveland got him into foul trouble early. That's something to watch out for as this series goes on. I think a real big key to this series is that play style. Can Cleveland get Golden State to to stay big? Zaza Pachulia was a little shaky around the basket throughout the entire game, especially early on, uh, and Cleveland was unable to capitalize on that. Um, they've got to get more from Tristan Thompson, uh, especially on the glass. It's not a uh, not necessarily him scoring that they'll get scoring from other places, but they've got to find a way to get to get Tristan Thompson involved. Tristan Thompson did not have a good game, and really. Golden State was able to go small. They didn't really play JaVale McGee much after the first first half. Zaza Pachulia played the first stint, didn't really do much after that. Golden State went small, and Cleveland went small with them, and when that happens, Golden State's going to win. I, I, I just don't see a way around it. Golden State is going to win if this is played small. Cleveland needs to have Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love out on the floor. Gives them a huge matchup advantage, uh, and they've got to find success when that happens. So, Round one goes to Golden State, 113 to 91. Again, for a complete recap of this game, I highly suggest you go check out Locked On Warriors with Danny LaRue, as well as Locked On Cavaliers with Chris Manning. You can find it on iTunes and Audio Boom. They both do a fantastic job covering their teams for a for more in-depth look at, at what happened in game one, as well as what is to come in game two, which is Sunday at 8 o'clock. Please check out those podcasts, Locked On Warriors and Locked On Cavaliers. It is well worth your time. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Let's turn our attention then back to the Orlando Magic. Like I said, want to kind of reset the table a little bit today. We talked a lot about the draft, and certainly for the next three weeks, it's going to be two weeks from Thursday. It's three weeks from, from today when I'm recording it, at least. But in, in about three weeks, two and a half weeks, the NBA draft is going to take place. And so our focus is squarely on the draft. I've already talked a little bit about some of the prospects the Magic could look at, and, and we'll do plenty more of that as the weeks go as the days and the weeks go on. But let's set the table. Where are the Orlando Magic right now? They were in a weird place for sure after trading Serge Ibaka. There is a very clear dividing line on the season. There was the team before. The season before the All-Star break and the team after the All-Star break. Before the Serge Ibaka trade, after the Serge Ibaka trade. And it's 
fairly clear to say Orlando did a 180 from before to after the All-Star break. Before the All-Star break, they were kind of a slow plotting team. They had the bigs. It's kind of just the way you had to play with, with, the, with the kind of talent and, and players the Magic had. But after the All-Star break, there was an added emphasis on getting out in transition, on getting, you know, getting to the basket, taking more threes, spreading the floor. And in large part, it felt like it worked. Certainly it helped Alfred Payton and Aaron Gordon, two key players for the team, but it felt like it was a good thing. And indeed, Orlando's offensive rating drastically improved. If not in standing among other teams in the NBA, then certainly from a raw number perspective. Orlando went from a 100.5 offensive rating before the break to 102.9 after the break. So the offense did get a lot better. And if that was the stated goal, then that was a good thing. And and Coach Frank Vogel and pretty much everyone on the Magic would say, we're playing better offense now after the All-Star break than we were before. Numbers bear that out. The eye test bears that out too. And so... The belief going around the Magic then is, give us a training camp, give us a summer to implement it, give us some time to bring in the right kind of players, and we can make this style work. We can figure out the rest of the pieces later, because the defense was a lot worse than the offense. The defense was a lot worse after the All-Star break, which is hard to believe. And we can make the rest of of it work with an off-season to prepare. Of course, it's going to take a little bit more than that. You can't just rely on that to get the job done. Orlando's three-point shoot... Well, the offensive rating was better at 102.9. It was still 26th in the league. Three-point shooting was still a problem. While the Magic were able to get out in transition more, were one of the better fast-breaking teams after the All-Star break, um, the Magic were still a team that was struggling to shoot the ball. Shot 48.7%. 48.7% effective field goal percentage after the All-Star break was still the third worst in the league. So yes, the offense was better. Yes, the Magic were getting easy buckets and getting out in transition more. Yes, the team's pace was up considerably. But the Magic were still not demonstrably better. In fact, Orlando was 8-16 and after the All-Star break. A 333 win percentage equates to 27 wins in an 82-game season. And that is certainly not enough for the Magic to accomplish any of their goals. They still needed to improve pretty drastically. And so that leads us to what we all kind of understand about this team right now. The Magic cannot return the same roster and expect different results. Maybe with that training camp, you can bump them up a few wins. Maybe with some familiarity with the coaching staff, you can bump them up a few more wins. They get to 35. They get back to that 35-win level. But obviously, the Magic want to do a little bit more. Obviously, the Magic want to do it in a different way. So, you count on some internal improvement from Aaron Gordon. You get higher-quality shots. But Orlando still has to find that missing piece. 
They still have to get the right equation in here to make it work. And that probably does mean some players are going to have to go. Some players do not fit this style of play. They were they were brought in to play a completely different style. And so it's hard to figure out exactly what can carry over from the end of last season. It sounds like I'm doom and gloom, and I, and I, and I certainly think there are signs of concern. And like I said, the conclusion is very easy to make. The Magic have to be proactive about this. Find players, if they're committed to the style, that fit this style around the core they want to build. And that may mean sacrificing some key players in the process. Because last year's 29-win season was certainly, certainly not where the team wants to be. But there are also definitely some signs that the team was better. The increased fast break points, Alfred Payton's jump statistically, Aaron Gordon's jump statistically especially. There were plenty of signs that with some more internal improvement, with that familiarity, the team will improve. It did not seem like they could get worse. And so what they do this summer will determine the success or failure, whether they are truly committed to this style or not. And so that's where the magic are as we enter the draft. And as I think becomes abundantly clear, there is no specific need for the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic need improvements everywhere. Because the roster they have right now doesn't cut it. Sure, Evan Fournier is a good player. Sure, Nikola Vucevic is a good player. Sure, Aaron Gordon's a promising young player. Sure, Alfred Payton, he has his ups and downs, but he's a good, but he can do good things too. Terrence Ross can do good things. They're missing that piece that binds them all together. Quite simply, the Orlando Magic need a star. And it's a lot to ask a rookie to be a star. But when it comes to what I think are the big needs the Magic have in this draft, It's to find that player, to find that creator, that playmaker that rises the level of everyone else around him or puts them all, rather, in the roles that they will most succeed at. You know, I, 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 I hear and read a lot of people lamenting Evan Fournier having a poor season in one fashion or another. And to some extent, I would agree. He did not have a great year in the grand scheme of things. Statistically, you look at what he did, it was a career year. He averaged a career high in points. He was a a good player. But his efficiency was down, and obviously the team's results speak for themselves. The problem was, as we all suspect, Evan Fournier should not be your leading scorer if you want to be a winning team. That's nothing against Evan Fournier. He is a good player. He has a role in this league. He has a big role in this league. He is that good of a player. But he's not a number one guy. And the Magic need to find their number one guy. As I noted on the podcast a few days ago, 
Jason Tatum's that kind of should could be that kind of a player. He may not be a guy that makes others around him better. Uh, by by his passing at least. But he is certainly a player you can give the ball to and count on to score. That's what he did at Duke. And that's what he's good at. And he's not the only one. A lot of people suspect that Tatum will be gone by the time the Magic pick at six. There are plenty of other players that fit that bill. Dennis Smith Jr., I I think of him a lot. I think he's definitely a very serious target at six. Because he can create. He can get into the paint and cause the defense to collapse and make the defense respect him. There are lots of players like that. I think Josh Jackson can do a little bit of that. I think that Jonathan Isaac could maybe grow into that. Darren Fox certainly can do that at the point guard position. And so there are a lot of those kinds of players for the Magic to look at. I don't think of the Magic having a positional need this draft. They don't need to get a point guard. Although certainly with the way things have fallen with Alfred Payton, it it feels like a very big need. And I suspect that the Magic will try to draft a point guard in this draft. But the Magic don't need a point guard. They don't need a shooting guard. They don't need a small forward. They have serviceable starters at every position. But clearly the equation does not equal success yet. And so the Magic have to be willing to sacrifice one of these key players, or at least a star role, a starting role for one of these key players to push them to that next level. Again, if the Magic have a need, it's, it's, it's a star player. And the second need after that is shooting, is three-point shooting. Which is why Malik Monk, absolutely, while I don't, I don't view him as a potential star player, Malik Monk absolutely deserves a look from the Magic because he is the best shooter in this draft. You're not going to get a perfect answer at six. You know, Markel Fultz is the perfect answer. Lonzo Ball may be the perfect answer. Darren Fox may be a very good answer. Jason Tatum may be a very good answer. Dennis Smith may be a very good answer. Den- uh, Malik Monk may be a good answer. Jonathan Isaac may be a good answer. Orlando's going to get a little bit of what they need through the draft. Which is why I'm a big proponent of best player available at this point. Get the best player available. May Find a way to make him fit the style you want to play and let him grow. Let him grow alongside Aaron Gordon, who even though he's going to be entering a second contract very soon, is still very, very young. Still has a lot of room for growth and we've seen the growth that he can have. The Magic can get what they need. But they should be focusing on that big picture and not on filling something that their immediate team needs. Because, like I said earlier, the table's set and they need change. And that change certainly, certainly starts with this year's NBA draft.
I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic as well as this week's episode, episodes of Locked On Magic, I hope. Uh, it was a good week for you. It's finally June, which means it is draft month, so we'll be diving headfirst into the draft throughout the entire month. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Hopefully we'll be hearing a little bit more from the Magic on the draft front very, very soon. Of course, the NBA Finals are going on, so I highly suggest you check out the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, Locked On Cavaliers and Locked On Warriors specifically, as well as Locked On NBA uh, when when they produce new episodes uh, as they'll have fantastic coverage of the NBA Finals. The Locked On Podcast Network is going to be doing some fantastic stuff leading up to the draft as well, so stay tuned for that. We're only 20 days away now, 21 days away from the NBA draft, so get excited. It is going to come very, very, very quickly. And so we have a lot to get to to prepare for that. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audible, TuneIn, Stitcher, all the fun places that you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily. Be sure to drop me a line. Your line of Magic Daily mailbag is open, so send me your magic questions online at OmagicDaily.com at gmail.com, or on Twitter at omagicdaily. And of course, any comments you have about the show, anything you want to say, drop me a line at omagicdaily at gmail.com. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me this week. I hope everyone had a fantastic week. I hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. For Locked On Magic and Orlando Magic Daily, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again Monday on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.